Welcome back to Out of the Rough, a fantasy golf podcast brought to you by We Know Fantasy. This is Nate with We Know Fantasy, and I am joined, as always, by Lenny. Lenny, how we doing? Doing good, man. Doing good. And, as always, Sean is here with us. Sean, how are we doing? Great. Shortened to the point. I like it. I like it. Uh, let's see. This week, the Memorial Tournament at Merrifield Village Golf Club. Before we hop into things, guys, follow us on social media at Out of the Rough WK on both Twitter and Instagram, and follow We Know Fantasy on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at We Know Fantasy. Visit our website, WeKnowFantasy.com, for some more fantasy sports content, including fantasy basketball, baseball, football, NASCAR, golf, you name it. The We Know Fantasy crew has you covered. But last week was the Charles Schwab Challenge at Colonial Golf Course, and you know it wasn't a big miss by me. I missed, uh, I missed in the in the money, but it was real, real short miss. Uh, I was right there until the end, and kind of slipped out there at the end. But Lenny, how we do last week? I was four and a half points out of the money. Just needed like a birdie out of someone to move up a place and get those points. And I mean, overall, it was a Okay week, though. I had Charlie Hoffman, who got the T3, which is always nice, having a top five. A couple top 20s with Fino and Whaley. And then a bit of a disappointment with JT. As we know, I was pretty big on JT last week. Finished T40. Thought he was going to end up missing the cut, but at least glad to see he made the cut and picked up a few more points on the weekend. And then Brent Snedeker, who kind of just... Blew up in that third round with a T50 for me. Um, so, I mean, all my guys made the cut out of top five. You know, I can't complain too awful much. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, usually when you get all six uh, to make the cut, you're in You're in at least contention to make some money. Like you said, 4.5 points out. And I was somewhere in that range as well. I was a very close. Sean, how did you do last week, man? Uh, I didn't make any money, but I did have some guys that ended up decently. Uh, Mackenzie Hughes and Phil Mickelson missed the cut for me, uh, but I did have uh, two tied for 14s, uh, Markel and Woodland, and then uh, Ian Poulter, uh, who was that seven-range guy for me. He came in tied for third, so not too bad on a quality pick there, I guess, or value pick, if you will, but um, didn't make money myself. Yeah, I had three top 20s with Mark Holland and Connors and Streelman, there then and Kutcher and Strahd made the cut but you know T50 and T56 respectively isn't really going to cut it but all right guys that's how we did last week this week the memorial one of the bigger non-majors of the year of course we're here at the Murrayfield Village which is a Jack Nicholas design course and a tournament started by him uh, what in the 76 or something like that maybe 86 I think there's a six involved anyhow John Rom is a defending champion and will headline a stacked field that includes the likes of Jordan Spieth uh, Xander Schofley, Justin Thomas, Bryson DeChamba, Rory McIlroy, Patrick Reed, Cameron Smith, Victor Hovland, Tony Finau, just to name a few. Uh, like I said, as being one of the bigger non-majors, we have a pretty nice field here. A lot of picks to pick from and some good golf to be had here in this Ohio-based tournament. The course, though, however, was pretty much completely revamped from last year. The greens, fairways, and tee boxes have been regrassed. And around 100 extra yards have been added to the course, mainly on the front nine. The biggest change to the course from years past will be the greens. We already know they have the infamous very small and very fast greens. But they did reseed, added new bent grass, 
irrigation, precision air system, but also the biggest thing to uh, play note to here is they recontoured the greens. Uh, per the info booklet sent to the players and caddies, only holes 12, 13, 14, and 17 resemble the old greens. So this is basically a brand new course in a way. All greens, all green side bunkers have all been modified as well. You know, in Nicholas Design Course, especially, we know how he loves to uh, challenge the golfers with some with some daunting uh, bunkers. So I can assume that these these revamped bunkers are not going to make it easier for the golfers here hitting out of the sand. Uh, let's see here, generating sand saves from the seventy four bunkers. Seventy four bunkers on this course is going to be essential. The greenside sand traps at Merrifield are annually resulted in the longest proximity lanes of any course in the regular PGA Tour rotation. Add the amount of add the amount of and challenging bunkers to the tiny lightning fast greens. Memorial sits inside the top five courses with the lowest scrambling percentages. Uh, this is going to be a fun tournament to watch, as I said. Some holes have been lengthened, mainly in the front nine. We previously talked about that. There has been a shift in some of the fairway bunkers, and hole 15 has been pretty much changed completely from tee to green. Uh, some of the classic elements of the Murrayfield still remain. Like I said, it will take some high driving accuracy to hit those wide fairways. Uh, we need some low greens and regulations with the smaller than average greens. Statistics to pay attention to here are shot or strokes gained approach, par fours, 450 to 500 yards gained. Sand saves gained and proximity gained 175 to 200. Did I miss anything there, Lenny? I mean, I think the course won't be as hard as it played last year, even though they made it a little bit difficult. I think it's going to be a mix of what we saw in the work today and what we saw in the memorial. I think uh, John Rahm won the memorial at nine under and Morikawa won at 19. I would guess it plays somewhere in the middle. And I remember from the tournament last year, I think it's 16, the par three, that it was almost, I think Jack Nicholas said it was like embarrassing guys and he didn't want to embarrass people because the greens were so tough that you just couldn't even hold it. And we saw like Phil Mickelson, I remember laying up, not even going for the green because he just knew that he couldn't get a ball to sit on there. So I'm, I'm guessing it's not going to be as difficult, I think, as we expect. Right? I'm just kind of spitballing here a little bit, but it is going to be a tough course, going to kind of challenge you throughout your whole bag. Um, but I don't know if I'm quite exactly buying into how difficult this might be, even though the changes have occurred. All right, Sean, as always, you have anything to add here? I was going to talk all about the modifications this week, and I had it all prepped, Nate. No, um, no I, it, I think it's going to be interesting to see all the changes that are coming through. Um, but like usual, you two very well describe everything about the course. So I'll leave it at that. Okay. Well, make me blush over here. Uh, I'm glad my efforts are being acknowledged by for, for once. <laughs> but, I thought it would change it up. But let's, uh, let's move on here, guys. Let's talk about our picks for this week. And as always, Sean kicks us off every podcast, so let's do it again. Sean, who's your $10,000-plus play of the week? Uh, so I'm going to go with a name that uh, just was mentioned, uh, just as a little hint, uh, but at 10.2, Justin Thomas. Um, looking at the top guys here, obviously 
you know, there's a bunch of favorites within, the, within this grouping and every single one of them can take it. Um, but for me personally, I think that with the um, way that he hits the ball, if he can hit the fairways and find find the ways there, he can definitely make some runs. Uh, obviously won the players this year, so that definitely helps with the confidence that goes into it. But I, I think really the reason that I'm going to pick him is because of the the downplay that LJ used last week on the one and done. I hope that it flips back to my side this week. Um, but also for the uh, karma on the, the check that he cut for uh, Mike, I'm going to butcher his last name, but Visaki, I think. Um, I don't know if you guys saw that too, but I hope that karma plays well this week uh, for Justin. So that's my top 10, um, or I should say the 10, 10 grand and higher uh, pick, uh, but Justin Thomas. All right, Lenny, who are we playing this week, man? For me, uh, someone I typically don't like to go with, and that's the highest price player. But for me, it's Jordan Spieth this week. He is the highest at 11-3. He has a really good course history here. The last two tournaments at Memorial, he finished T13 and T7. Um, even the last two years. So he... As we know, like Jordan was just playing bad golf, and this was still a tournament similar to the Masters. So he shows up to the Masters, he plays well. He shows up to the Memorial, even though his game is terrible, he still plays well. And and right now, he might be the best player on the PGA Tour, um, and it's and he does it with the around the green play, you know solid putting his irons have been unbelievable he's become one of the best approach players and I think that's going to be a key this week Uh, you know like we said smaller greens uh, very tough to scramble here if you do miss the greens and that's where he's excelled this year is hitting the greens and when he hasn't you know it's Jordan Spieth golf he's going to hold out from everywhere Um, so I, I just like the game that he's playing right now and I think it kind of fits this course all right. I'm going to go with the guy I picked last week. I, I hate to do this back-to-back weeks. I'm going to call him Arcala here. I, I just can't help myself. He had me buzzing going into that Friday round, and what did he do? Hit his 72 after going 66 on that Thursday. Anyhow, I just constantly love him just because the ball striking is always there, and we talk about this every week. Strokes gain approach is probably the most important statistic any course just because of what it resembles and what goes into it. But just the price here at 10-4, too, really gets me excited. Like I said, he's, if he's not the best ball striker on the tour, he's one of the best. But we're going to talk statistics. He's tops on tour in greens and regulation with a staggering 72.22%. Uh, he played out of the sand last week rather poorly, but before that, he's he's a top 50 out of the sand player on tour, so he's not off out of the sand. And we, we, we I talked about that in my introduction about how important playing out of the sand may be. He's first on the tour in par four efficiency, 450 to 500. There's just a lot about his game that I love here, and I'm just going to keep rolling with Colin Marikawa, and I guess you can put me on the – call me a, a more call fanboy because of how much I play him here on this podcast especially. But, yeah, I just love what he brings to the table this week, and let's ride him again. Previous winner here. Never hurts. There's that as well. Let's move down to the 9,000 to 9,900 price range, and, Sean, take us away. I am uh, taking the top guy here. Um, he's the hot guy, in my opinion, too. Not in terms of looks, but the way he's been playing golf. Yeah, sure. um, but Vic, Victor Hovland. Um, well, you called the other guy lover boy. So um, the uh, <laughs> Victor Hovland's been playing some really good golf. Uh, I mean, 
dating back to this early of the of January, he's only missed one cut. He's got a first tied for fifth, tied for fifth, uh, tied for second, tied for third. You know, like just top tens along the board, and I think he's been playing some hot golf to get into this position of where he's priced. And I think with you know those top guys listed there if you don't want to go for somebody i mean nine nine is a really high price even for i know we're in the second price range but i could see you starting him off with it just because of of who and how he's been playing um, i think he's he's done a great job of keeping the composure in, in tough positions and i think that's really going to help him out this week so uh the top guy of this group uh victor hovland is my pick well that's also I... I'm just going to say that's also possible that you play JT at 10-1, so that price there matches up with that as well. Or 10-2, whatever JT was. Yeah, 10-2. I was going to say, I would be perfectly fine, and I agree with you, ignoring everyone above 10K and starting my lineups with Hovland. You could play like a Hovland-Southway combo or Hovland-Matsuyama or Connors, whoever you want. And I would be perfectly fine this week starting my lineup there. I like Hovland a lot. All right, then who do you have in this price range if it's not Hovland? For me, it's Tony. No, it's Tony Fino, 9-2, Tony Fino. But he played well here last year. Uh, When they had that charity event, I think he was like six under through eight holes. Like, he was just dominant. I know it's not a real event. It was kind of like the charity shootout. I can't remember what they called it. But I remember watching that, and it just – he couldn't hit a shot wrong during that. And then he went and finished eighth during the Memorial. And the thing with Tony is it's been there around the green play is kind of where he's been killing it this year. He's lost strokes twice around the greens. He hasn't been putting it great, uh, but still has two top 20s in his last two events. Um, you know, we know he's a pretty good ball striker, good off the tee. But it's just one of those things where I think, you know, it's the around the green play is going to be huge this week, um, which is kind of why my top two guys are Jordan Spieth and Tony Fino. Yeah, my guy here is someone you mentioned with, uh, with Xander Schofle. Uh, I think playing out of the sand is going to be important this week. And, you know, it, it's hard to find someone that plays out of the sand better than Xander here. When it comes to play out of the sand, we have three statistics kept by the PGA. Uh, what to go off? We have scrambling from the sand, sand saves from 10 to 20 yards, and sand save percentage. So, Shofley is second on the tour in scrambling from the sand, eighth in sand saves from 10 to 20 yards, and 33rd in sand save percentages. We talked about, you know, the change of some of these uh, bunkers and the movements of some of the fairway bunkers, and especially those around the green that may have been made harder. We don't know what we'll see there come this, come what, Thursday. But I have to assume that we're going to be playing out of the sand a bunch this week. And if you can, if you can gain some strokes out of the sand and save, save your bowl, save your uh, hole there, that's going to set you up great. Uh, on top of all of that, he's also a top 25 in the tour in greens regulation and top 26 in, sh- in strokes gained approach. So nine, seven, a little pricey here going to the top end of the, of the nines, not all the way, but still love that play this week for, uh, for Shoffley. Does the missed cut at the PGA championship worry you at all? Eh, you know, his, maybe, maybe more of a motivation thing, actually. Yeah, because it, it was just his irons and wedges weren't great. I mean, I think he'll be a good play. I don't think he's a terrible play this week. He's someone who, you know, big events typically shows up and plays well, just 
doesn't necessarily have like those wins where we consider him kind of with the elite, even though he probably should be. He just hasn't been able to close. But the PGA kind of put a little bit of a seed of a doubt in me. Um, but, you know, I'm just kind of throwing that out there. Uh, I don't think he's a terrible play, though. Might be high-owned to the name value, but we will see. We'll see for sure. So, bumping down here to our middle price range, the 8,089. Last week, I wasn't a big fan of this, but I think I'm a fan of this price range this week. So, Sean, who are we leading off here with? I am going with the uh, guy who took third last week, or tied for third, uh, Charlie Hoffman. Um, I used him in the one and done earlier this year, and he started off hot. So I'm hoping that me using him in this range for me is very good as well. Um, like I mentioned, he had a tied for third last week, um, also a second at Valero, uh, where, where I happen to use him. Um, but they, uh, I think he's been playing some pretty good golf. I, I watched last weekend, and he was putting some pretty close shots and on approach shots there. And he's normally known for hitting the big tee ball. So it'd be interesting to see if he can keep some of that momentum going from last week and keeping keep on hitting those shots to avoid all the sand and everything that they've made to be a little bit more difficult here. Um, but I think he's kind of riding a little bit of a wave right now of some of the, the golf that he's been playing this year. And I, I think it will be interesting to see where he finishes up. Uh, and at 8-3, um, I feel like that's a very good value for him. So I'm going with Charlie Hoffman. Yeah, before we move on to Lenny here, Charlie Hoffman's also my play. Like you said, he has not finished worse than 18th, dating back to April 4th. Six straight tournaments of finishing in the top 18. Uh, I don't know if, if you guys consider it, but I think I consider that pretty hot. Like you said, coming off a T, or a T3 or at the Charles Schwab, 8-3 just seems like a steal for me, and that's why he's my pick of the week as well to hear. Yeah, I like, I like Hoffman a lot as well. Since he's come back from injury earlier this year, uh, he's been probably the best ball-striking run of form in his career. I think, what is it, about the last 10 events that he's come back, he's only lost strokes on approach twice. I mean, he's gaining just a ton of strokes with his, his approach. Like, this is the best ball-striking of his career by far, I would say. And the form's been great. One worry is the around-the-green play. He's not necessarily known for a great around-the-green player, depending on how the tournament plays out, how it's set up. But the putter's been hot. And ball striking's fantastic. I, I love Charlie Hoffman. He's a play that I have, again, kind of like Nate, playing him again this week. So is that a trio consensus? It's not it is. <laughs> All right. Anyhow, so yeah, you guys avoid Hoffman. Let's move on to seven thousand seven nine. And uh, Sean, who are we playing here, man? I don't like going first anymore. No, um, that that is really cool that we uh, we got that. Um, but in this range, uh, I think this one might be a little bit of a uh, flyer for me. Uh, somebody that I don't necessarily uh, pick often. Um, but somebody whose name is very popular, uh, Bubba Watson. Uh, he's coming in at 7'8". Um, I really have no – this is kind of a gut play for me. I, I just saw Bubba here in this listing and thought, you know, the way that he has been playing and the creative mind to things and ways to escape, the first thing that comes to mind is the obviously the master shot out of the woods. So if he gets into some trouble, he might be able to find ways to get out of it, a little bit easier and more creative than other guys. But he also has a little bit of a – 
volatile uh, attitude to him sometimes. So if he doesn't get into some of that stuff, it'd be it'd be a tough play. So to me, this one's kind of a a hot shotted topic, uh, but I think Bubba might be a play for this one. So seven eight Bubba Watson. Yeah, I don't uh, can ever argue about playing Bubba Watson because just the fact that he taught himself how to play golf and never once had a professional lesson in his life just you know touches home to us that we too can get to this level of being a Masters winner as long as we put our mind to it. Um, <laughs> maybe someday. So I'm gonna keep holding on to that. And uh, yeah, yeah. You go Sean, you just keep playing Bubba Watson and keep my dream alive. I will just for you. All right, appreciate that. Lenny, who do you got here, man? Yeah, I got Kevin Streelman this week. Um, another guy playing great. Four top tens recently. Um, he's not a guy who's super long off the tee, but gains uh, strokes off the tee. And he's done it in 11 straight tournaments. So it's saying is he's putting the ball in the fairway and kind of making these tee shots count which I think is, I mean, it plays just about on every golf course, being in the fairway, right? Um, but he's someone who's we've seen get hot. We've seen him put runs of uh, good form together previously. Um, he's at 7-5, so I'm going to kind of just ride this little form that he's got going on um, and just kind of hope it continues here. Yeah, I'm not mad about that pick either. I really like that one. And like you said, he's got a decent form going at the price range. Can't be mad about that. But I'm going to one-up you here on uh, guys who aren't too long off the tee. I'm going Brandon Todd at 7-2. There's actually only two players that are eligible for scoring on the PGA Tour that uh, drive the ball less than Brandon Todd does. But with that, you know, the, the lack of distance comes great accuracy and you're not going to find someone better than hitting the uh, fairway than Todd. He leads the tour by overhole percentage in that statistic, 73.77. But again, I guess that's what happens when, you know, you don't hit the ball far and you're just playing to hit the fairway. Surely does that. Uh, to give you another statistic, the tour averages 59%. So he's 73, almost 74 to the 59 of the tour average. Just hoping that up. Uh, finding the fairways, playing the ball straight, and just getting it from tee to green uh, as you know efficiently as possible is going to play off this week for a 7-2 play. And like I said, it's nothing flashy by any means, but I just hope he uh, makes a cut and does, does something for me this week. Yeah, it's, he's definitely not a flashy player. That's, uh, <laughs> That's you, can, you can chalk that one down, but top 10 last week, so, yeah. Hopefully he can kind of let that form continue. But, uh, I mean, both of these guys, it's kind of the exact opposite of Bubba. Bubba's smashed the driver, kind of, we're going to make a play happen. Where I think it's Streelman and Todd of, let's just get the driver down the middle of the fairway and hope we can hit a good approach. Like I try to do in real life, but I still can hit the fairway. (laughs) Anyhow. 7,000 minus the big flyers of the week. Lead us off, Sean, who we have. I'm going with a playing partner of somebody who was mentioned earlier in one of the tournaments. Um, but at 6-7, I'm going with Cam Champ. Um, and I, I think, you know, he had a, a tied for 19th or finished T19 at the Masters this year. And I think that 
that kind of speaks to me when you're looking at something in this range of that type of tournament and that type of player hitting the wall and, and getting into something. So I, I think he, he hits the ball pretty far. Um, I know he kind of can scatter it here and there, but if he does get a hold of it and he does get hot, he's very, he's very liable to uh, take something and run, run with it. So I'm going to take the Tony Finau connection and uh, then go with uh, Cam Chan. Yeah, that uh, like you said, when it comes to this area, it's just trying to find something that works at a course and kind of going with someone. If Cam Champ can get a hold of his driver and put him straight, that's definitely something to uh, to play in his favor this week. So, Lenny, who's your pick here? I was gonna say Cam Champ is kind of in the I want to say kind of in the Bryson mold where he hits the ball so far that he just basically don't get yourself in the water don't get yourself stuck behind a tree and he has enough power that he can kind of get a shot out of the rough almost wherever he's at so if he can just have a good approach week he can be a good play for me i'm going with troy merritt and i uh, don't have Vinny whaley playing this week or else i would be riding the whaley train once again and um, but troy merritt has been even in better form. Uh, three top tens in the last four. And the thing that kind of like with a lot of the guys I've picked already, a thing that he's been doing it with is, is around the green play. It is around the green, scrambling excellent, wedge is great, and making putts. So if he can just keep this rolling this week, you know, I think he can, you know, I'm not going to say he's going to be a top 10 again. I mean, he's, he's at 6'9", and he's at 6'9 for a reason. But if we can get like a top 30, top 20 maybe out of him, I will be very happy with it. Yeah, that's what you're hoping for. I mean, if you predict a winner this low, good for you. Like, that's not really what you're going for. You're just you're trying to find someone to make you a cut, uh, give you a chance into into uh, the weekend just to get you some points down here. And like when I talked about Sean's pick, I like to find a player that, you know, does well in, in one aspect of the game or one statistic that plays the course rather well. This week I'm going Matthew Naismith at 6'7". He is one of the best on the tour in greens regulation. He, I believe, what is he, top five. He's fifth in the tour, actually, in greens regulation. We know about these greens. They have been recontoured and whatnot, so maybe they change, but they're just normally small and fast. So if he can get on and regulation, make a stick and, and do what he does on other courses. He's got, he has a leg up on other, on other golfers on top of this. He's also a top 50 golfer in driving accuracy and 12th on the tour and strokes gate approach. So does a little more than just, than just uh, hit the green to regulation. He, he does so with good ball striking and gets the ball down the fairway rather, rather well. So like that pick here, expecting six, seven, just hoping for, like Lenny said, top 20, top 25 to really do it for us. Move on here to strokes gain, proximity to course. Last week, something we can hang our hat on, Lenny. Finally got a big winner here. Yeah, the uh, proximity to course rating brought out another T3 finish. You know, it's either we kind of make the cut or it's T3. It seems like, you know, it's a 50th or T3. And it just seems to, whenever we hit, it's always a T3. But Sebastian Munoz, you know, T3 in his kind of, I guess, hometown or not hometown, home state of Texas, putting the lights out, what we love to see. This week, though, as we are going to be playing Murfield Village, 
you know, just outside of Columbus. We do have a Columbus guy in the field, Bo Hogue, right? He is basically Columbus born and bred, right? Born in Columbus, went to school at Ohio State, lives in Columbus now. His grandfather was a founding member and a chairman at Murfield Village. Uh, I feel like this, you, you can't get any more of a strokes gain proximity course than what Bo Hogue has going into this week. Um, he's at 6-3, so this is a bit of a flyer. He made his first cut in about eight tournaments this, um, at the Byron Nelson, his last event. You know, so the form isn't great. But when we're kind of looking this deep, someone like Bo Hogue, you know, he makes the cut like we talked about. He could be a be a good play. And, I mean, there really is probably nobody who knows <laughs> knows uh, Columbus better than Bo Hogue. So I'm, I'm loving Bo Hogue this week. Yeah, there's that. You could have gone with uh, maybe a Coke Rack or a Jason Day possibly. But, yeah, like you said, this really hits home here to the, to the real PTC. I, I'm yeah. glad you're paying true to it and you're not – just going the cheap way out and just looking up, you know, Columbus, Ohio, because then you're going to end up a Coke Rack or a Jason Day, but really pinpointing your, yourself down here. Yeah, Jason Day, though, he is, I don't know if he's a member, but he lives right on the course. I'm assuming that he's a member here. So he is kind of a, a sneaky strokes gain guy um, with approximately a course who could be a play this week. But, you know, I'm just feeling Bo Hogue. Well, we're all Bo Hogue fans this week. Move on here to our one and done. I am ill-prepared and did not load the pitcher from... There we are. Got it. I spoke too soon. So Sean still leads us uh, with his 2.5 million. He had a Gary Woodland, who appears to have the highest of us. Yep. So he'll pick last this week. Lenny's still in second with about 1.13 million. Had a Justin Thomas. Had about 30,000. And I had Corey Connors last week, so I'm at 1.05 million. I had about 70,000 from Connors last week. So I guess this week I go Lenny, myself, and Sean. Uh, have I used Tony Fino? I don't know how you haven't. Let me check. You have not. How have you the... not used Tony Fino? I don't have the list in front of me. Um, yeah, we got to go with Tony. This is All Tony's right. week, guys. All right. You going to hang your hat on that? Oh, yeah. All right. I'm up next. I'm going with Janice Schofle. Hopefully he plays well to the sand and has himself a good week, hits the ball straight, good uh, good approach shots, and we'll see what happens from there. Well, I guess that leaves me. And then I'm going to go with the uh, the guy I picked second here today uh, that LJ agreed that he'd start his lineups with, so it feels like it's a good pick, and Victor Hoblin. Yeah, so there's that. Uh, I was to say, none of us use Charlie Hoffman. I know Sean can't use him anymore. I don't mm-hmm. think either of us have used him since. So there's I mean, that. Charlie Hoffman, probably a great top 10 bet. Um, just I, I hit on that last week, humble brag. Uh, but it's a Tony Fino week, guys. Mark it down. If you are to lose, you can message me on Instagram or and Twitter, at OutOfTheRoughWK, and I will send you Lenny's personal address. All right, guys, that's it for this week. The Memorial, what do we have next week on on the tour? I know the Open's coming up. Again, Bill uh, prepared. Um, oh, we have the, the 
I don't even know if there's anything next week. What do we have? This pops up the Palmetto. The, uh, oh yeah, the Palmetto Championship, and, sure. and then we have the Open. So then we're at the U.S. Open, not the Open. Oh yeah, the U.S. Open. That's another thing. The Open always the last major. I apologize. I apologize. We don't want to upset our European and or you know UK based fanhood that makes up about three percent of our listeners. All right, yeah. guys. Anyhow, before we uh, you know get further than that, get ourselves in trouble. Uh, that's it for this week. Uh, be sure to check back next week. Every Wednesday morning, these episodes drop. If you're listening to us at this point, what is this? episode 16, 17? We're good. Four months. Working on month five here. Such exciting news. But yeah, we're going to keep coming at you. We'll see you guys next week.